AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Well, the equities had their Wheaties this morning. Corn, soybeans, not so much. Kind of wheat. Does wheat eat Wheaties? Well, that seems a little weird. Never mind all that. We've got plenty of other stuff to talk about right here on this morning's AgriTalk. Live all by myself. Again, via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, it's our Friday Peripheral with panelist Jim Wiesmeyer from Real Ag Radio, Sean Haney, and we also welcome Chris Gibbs. I'm your handsome host this morning, Davis Michelson behind the big green leafy microphone of AgriTalk here. And if I can get my font into the correct uh, correct typesetting here, there we go. I can read what's on my screen. You know, reading glasses only go so far. Maybe, you, maybe you've noticed this as well. Uh, welcome to AgriTalk this morning. Uh, your pal, Davis Michelson, you, you may have noticed. No, Chip? I don't know. Is it a Lorna Dune kind of day? Is it a, is it a, let's see, what kind of cookie have we not used? I don't know. Chip's not here. Don't worry about it. He'll be back. He'll be back this afternoon. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Anyway, your pal Davis Michelson, I am delighted to be here with you and glad that you've decided to spend some time with us this morning. It is our Friday free for all. And, um, we, <laughs> Jim came on. We've, we've, we've got Jim here. We've got the, uh, the gang shuffling in and getting themselves positioned for the conversation. Jim is fired up and, uh, I kind of feel like a jerk because, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's like save it for the show, you know. Let's 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 keep our powder dry, my man. I guess the lesson is my man is fired up. He's got a lot to talk about, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna lift the uh, the skirt on where we're gonna start with him. It's a mantra that does seem to be uh, seem to be emerging from the GOP. Close the border or close the government. These are not my words. These are the words being tossed around by some up on. Uh, Capitol Hill. These are <laughs> when we come up against black and white like this. Close the border, or when you've got this or that. Yikes! There's not a lot of room for compromise there. We need to dig into this. And I know, as I said earlier, Jim Jim is fired up and he is ready to, uh, you know, to get her going. Uh, we've of course got Sean Haney, the Alberta Breeze himself on hand and we've got chris gibbs um in my notes here i have farmer from ohio and chairman of rural voices usa we'll check in with chris make sure we've got his info all up to date and uh see what he's got on on his mind so that that'll be coming up right after we get today's news uh where i want to start with the national weather service weather outlook they're expecting light to moderate snow for portions of the southern and central Great Plains, along with localized flash flooding for the Gulf Coast today. That's Friday. Significant icing is possible for portions of the southern and central Appalachians tonight into Saturday. Snow from developing East Coast winter storm to begin affecting interior portions of the mid-Atlantic and northeast on Saturday. A specific, uh, specific, a Pacific storm system may bring renewed rounds of heavy mountain snow and coastal rain 
to the northwest coast tonight into Saturday. So the weather the weather pattern is is certainly leaning toward a more active pattern as we saw in the 6 to 10 day and the 7 to 14 day forecasts from the National Weather Service in yesterday afternoon's show. That area of expected below normal um, temperatures is is spreading eastward across the country. I mean, it's winter time. You know what are you going to do? It's it's winter time. Speaker Mike Johnson is reportedly considering the possibility of initiating direct negotiations with the Biden administration regarding adjustments to border security and immigration policies. A recent analysis by the Congressional Budget Office indicates that passing a year-long continuing resolution could result in significant spending cuts, particularly on non-defense expenditures. And when we get Jim Wiesmeyer on here, we're going to open the chute and, and let him go on this and help help see if, if he can bring some clarity to some of this. And the sad part is I'm not sure that, that clarity is to be brought. There may not be any clarity on this issue. Various USDA agencies have prepared contingency plans for a government shutdown. See, and I don't like the looks of this. If you're preparing contingency plans, uh, there, there's at least some level of certainty that those contingency plans will be realized Moving on, during a government shutdown, in this case, a partial shutdown, impacted government workers, whether furloughed or not, do not receive pay, although they typically receive back pay once the shutdown ends. Well, here's a piece of good news. State officials said fuel retailers in Montana can now sell E15. That's that 15% mix of ethanol into gasoline, leaving California as the only state to hold out against the blend. In a news release on Thursday, Growth Energy CEO Emily Score said the move, quote, is great news for Montana drivers who will soon have access to a lower-cost fuel option at the pump. Interesting that uh, California, the only state to hold out against the uh, the E15 blend. Um, wow, kind of, all right, whatever. In other news, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken left for his fourth trip to the Middle East since the October 7 attack on Israel as part of U.S. efforts to counter growing risks of a broader regional conflict. Israel's defense minister has unveiled plans for the next phase of the war in Gaza featuring a new combat approach in the north and a sustained focus on targeting Hamas leaders in the enclave's southern territory. The White House revealed that some ballistic missiles fired by Russia at Ukraine in recent days were supplied by North Korea, indicating growing support from North Korea for Russia, which is in violation of a United Nations embargo. This part I don't understand. Um, In violation of a United Nations embargo. Are either... North Korea. Okay, well, maybe North Korea. No, not North Korea and Russia. Are either of these in, in the UN at all? So how can we call this a violation... Hmm, I don't know. I lost the panel. In 2023, U.S. consumers defied expectations as rising restaurant menu prices did not deter them from dining out. Instead, they continued to enjoy meals at restaurants while cutting back on discretionary spending in areas like clothing and furniture. However, it appears that in the current year, consumers may be inclined to opt for more affordable dining choices. So uh, rather than, uh, you know, cutting back on discretionary spending in clothing and furniture, it's now started to ripple out into um, restaurant and menu expenditures. And I don't think that would surprise anyone. Um, the 
the surprise is that it it has taken so long. And really, I don't know that we've even necessarily seen it. We'll we'll see what the panel's thought is on uh, restaurant demand. The U.N. Food and Ag Organization reported a decline in the U.N. Food Price Index for both December and the entire year of 2023. In December, the index stood at 118.5, marking a 1.5% decrease from November and a significant 10.1 decrease from December 2022. Ooh, quickly here, just a couple more. One of the world's biggest supermarket chains said it would drop several Pepsi product, uh, PepsiCo products from European shelves to protest what it called unacceptable price increases, a rare public standoff between a grocer and food maker after more than two years of rising prices. And finally, heads up, everybody, hospitals across several states, including those in New York, California, Illinois, and Massachusetts, have reimposed masking requirements for patients and staff amid a spike in COVID and flu infections. We are off and rolling here. Jim Wiesmeyer, Sean Haney, Chris Gibbs are on my panel today. Your pal, Davis Michelson, happily moderating in Chip Flory's stead. Lots to get here, get to here. I think we're probably just gonna gonna open the shoot on Wiesmeyer here on that close the border or close the government concept. That's what's floating around Washington. Agritalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. In the morning, you're coffeeed up and you're thinking. In the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking. We're here all day. Agritalk. And welcome to Agritalk, everybody. We are about to pop the top on a Friday free-for-all. Uh, let's, let's begin by bringing in, you know what, let's begin with Chris Gibbs. Chris, good morning, sir. Welcome to, uh, to the free-for-all. How are you? Very good. Yourself? Look, looking oh, I'm good. I'm hanging got right the, in there. I'm hanging got, in there, Chris. Uh, we've got cold, wet, cold weather here in uh, in Ohio this morning, and I spent the whole morning hauling organic fertilizer. Ah, yes, the organic fertilizer. Uh, so now, when when a farmer in Ohio uses the word cold, uh, I feel like that probably comes. I mean, what what is <laughs> what does it take to make an Ohio uh, farmer say the word was, cold? Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, I, I got you. It was all the way to 17. It was all the way to 17. So That sounds awful. I'm here at 32 <laughs> but, but degrees in uh, way like more was, shirts. It wasn't like I was cow. Yeah, I wasn't cowering in the house. We were we, we were out hitting it. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. You got you to gotta stay bold. Stay bold. Uh, Sean Haney, the Alberta stay Breeze. Bold. Stay bold. What's shaking, buddy? Welcome to AgriTalk. How's it going? 
Hey, it's it's great, Davis. We're we're a beautiful. We're gonna be thirty eight today. So uh, thirty eight. Yeah, we're wow. way warmer than Ohio. Yeah. Is that now? And that's Celsius too. So that's like two hundred degrees, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Wow. We're not in what Four, Tuco, Mexico. Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're definitely Fahrenheit. It, it's been, you know, what it, it has been warm all winter for the most part, and yeah. uh, the lack of snow on the western Canadian prairies is is yeah definitely uh, continues to be the concern. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Jim Wiesmeyer, Proformer Policy OG. Um, welcome, sir. Thank you for being here. Let me just start here. The risk of a government shutdown is increasing. Senate and House conservatives demand border security measures in exchange for funding the government. Um, you, uh, you put this out today that the mantra is close the border or close the government. That's coming from the GOP. Um, dude, Jim, uh, help us get our heads around it. Good morning. Let's start Good there. Good morning. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you you saw the shift at when the House Republicans, uh, what, 60 of them, I guess, went down to the border uh, this week. Uh, House Speaker uh, Mike Johnson, Republican from Louisiana, basically, well, he said that. So I thought, wow, that is a shift because they were really linking previously to a Ukraine uh taiwan uh, uh aid in israel but now they've switched now mostly anyone would say a shutdown uh is is uh rarely a win politically for those that cause it but others are saying this time's different it's not about spending but about a policy in this case the border so if that's the case that's why i'm up and my odds for at least a partial government shut down if they can't come to a sp overall spending agreement uh january the 19th for those agencies including usda so what's the policy gap what 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 is the gap between the two sides when it comes to border policy that they can find maybe a compromise on i know that word is so tough in today's world but find a compromise on that allows them to avoid the shutdown Good question. I think that's why Johnson is wanting to deal directly with the White House, because uh, the House Republicans don't like where their Senate counterparts are going on this issue. Now, if the Republicans insist on their bill, H.R. 2, I don't think the White House can stomach uh, that. That's too aggressive. That's why they're talking to see whether or not there is any compromise. But the pressure on Biden to do something is increasing. And that's in The New York Times this morning. Yeah, I saw I saw in The Wall Street Journal. We're, we're talking about like I used to go by the number of 8000 people per day. But I, I read this week 12000 people per day. That's an astonishing number just on a weekly basis that we're dealing with here. Yeah. And you, you think well, about that, how long yeah. that's been going on. That's that's math that goes several decimal points beyond my conception. Chris, I think I heard you piping in. Yeah, I, I guess I guess I want to back up here and make sure we got the nomenclature right. Yeah. The GOP is talking about and they've got a nice sound bite here, shut down the border or shut down the government. And by the way, they were they were down there taking a tour while they were not working on the farm bill, by the way. Mm -hmm. So tell me what shut down the border means when our laws are very clear that we've got asylum laws and it's up to Congress 
to change those laws. If they want to change 8 U.S. Code 1158 that talks about our asylum laws that requires the government to provide asylum protection for people before they're adjudicated and let them in the United States, then don't call it a policy, Speaker Johnson. Call it the law that you're wanting to avert. I don't understand. Jim, let me know. What is the definition of shut down the border? What in the hell does that mean? Well, does that the, mean the, not follow the law? What's it mean? Yeah. The, the Republicans would counter that. This is just their argument that sure. uh, look sure. at the differential of the migrants coming in between uh, the Trump administration and the Biden administration. Look at the actions that Biden took from day oh, one no, no, no. on modifying the Trump uh, rules and regulations. I think that that's the gambit right there. Well, plus, plus, and I'll, I'll come back here, plus, I'll volley back, Title 42, which says that we can shut this thing down if people are sick, et cetera, et cetera. Well, Trump, in this case, was lucky they had COVID because he could shut it down and point right to 42. And now all of a sudden, 42, it doesn't apply anymore because these people don't all have COVID or we can't say they do. So 42 was overturned. I wouldn't say that that was a policy that 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 the Biden administration just said, OK, we're just going to take 42 off. They were required to by the court. So well, jo ways. Johnson would counter that. I'm just saying, based on the arguments for sure, him, sure. is that uh, yep. uh, Biden could declare a disaster because of all the the numbers that we talked about earlier. That gives him more leeway sure. to do some of the things that you mentioned. And he's choosing not to do that. And it and, and, and where the, the the money comes into this is what I don't understand is like. I keep on reading and hearing about well, we just don't you know because of the volume of people, we don't have the pros we're not capable of doing the processing at the to to based on the volume that's coming across why are we not putting funding into the people side of this to be able to do this properly according to what the the policy already is that's in place that that's i don't know why we're not addressing because that the, because the gop won't let, won't let, let the gop won't let that happen because all of a sudden, if you solve the problem, there's nothing to complain well, about. Well, but bo okay, but to be fair, Chris, both both parties yeah, raise yeah. a tremendous amount of money based on this no, issue. No I, I am not sure no that question. either party yeah. has any real willingness to really actually be mature and be the adults and actually solve it. And part of the there problem is, is here that that is a crux. In that. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. Go ahead. Jim, I yeah, think the ahead. possible pinch point here is, I mean, if they declared a, a disaster on the border, well, now isn't that Democrats having to declare their own policies disastrous? They can't do that. Yeah, they, I mean, they use the word challenge. Yeah, they will not. If you heard Mayorkas <laughs> interview on uh, Fox News uh, yesterday, he would not say it's a disaster. He would only say it's a challenge. Okay. They don't call okay. it a disaster. I mean, so, well, it's, yeah, it's it's politicized. Well, There's no doubt about it. But but I don't I don't think I think the majority majority would say this is not primarily a funding issue. It's it's a uh, 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 it, it is a you know, call it whatever you want. It's rules and regulations, policy, et cetera. Uh, because of the vast difference between uh, Trump and, and Biden. Uh, some of the Republicans uh, say Biden should just go back to the way Obama did the border. 
mm. if they don't want to go back to Trump. And I think that's a fair argument there. OK, so what what, what yeah. is that like? Remind us, Jim. Right. Well, he deported even a lot more and he got into tr- Obama got into trouble with some of the so-called progressive wing uh, wing of the party uh, that way. But some of some of the changes that the Democrats have done, I, I should say the White House, not in this case, the, the the questionnaires that they ask for these migrants have been uh, have been uh, uh, it used to take a half a day to uh, interview some of these people. And now it's down to five questions. So that was a strategic change just made a few weeks ago. And that's one of those questions. Does it happen to be have you or are you now ever been a member of the Chinese Communist Party? Is that question? In there? I don't know, but they're, the they're coming in. They're coming in. I doubt it because they're coming in, in uh, uh, a lot now as a result of that of only f- five questions. It only takes like a half an hour. Why would that not Very be easy. the first question? Am I crazy? Am I crazy and protectionist? Haney? Gibbs? We smile. I don't know that. We're in crazy times. We're in crazy times. We are in crazy times. Crazy times indeed. Uh, We'll we'll come back. We'll refire the conversation. Lots more to talk about. Thank you so much for being with us on AgriTalk. We got Chris Gibbs. We got Sean Haney. We got Jim Wiesmeyer. And, of course, your pal, Davis Michelson here. I'm in for Chip this morning. He'll be back this afternoon. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine right here on AgriTalk. Time for Markets Now with the experts from Pro Farmer. And joining us now, Pro Farmer editor Brian Grady on Markets Now. Uh, Beads, right now I'm looking at corn under pressure, beans, in fact, the entire bean complex under pressure. Wheat remains resilient. What's going on here in the grains? Yeah, so uh, start with corn and beans. Uh, you know, they d- didn't really need a, a reason for the funds to be more active sellers here to finish up the first week of the year. But, uh, uh, you know, the export sales numbers, weekly export sales, were marketing your lows for both corn and soybeans this morning and well below expectations. Now, the expectations were probably too high because uh, of Christmas, you know, the week involved Christmas. Uh, and But still um, the numbers against expectations were very poor and, and like I said marketing gear lows so that's adding some fundamental pressure to both of those markets but you also mentioned that uh, meal futures and soy oil futures are under pressure as well and and so that's contributing to that negative tone in those markets wheat on the other hand uh, while the the export sales number wasn't uh, terrific by any means um, they're continuing on with their corrective buying that we've seen here uh, the past couple days. And, and so um, trying to push to the upside, we'll see uh, who wins out in this battle, corn and beans to the downside or wheat to the upside. Absolutely. Well, and, and right now, if we're talking battles, I've got the livestock winning just about everything. Yeah, so the cattle market, I'll start there. Um, you know, the, we've seen higher cash cattle trade in the northern market, uh, still okay. waiting on active movement in the southern plains. But uh, it looks like uh, when all is said and done, we'll have another week uh, of gains in the cash market. So that would be uh, three in a row. And it uh, looks like uh, um, we're headed uh, higher uh, as we move through the uh, the first quarter here. Hog futures also working to the upside uh, as they narrow up the uh, premiums to the, the the cash index. That's Brian Grady on Markets Now. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. 
The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. You're listening to AgriTalk, where the conversation begins. Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Roger that, everybody. Your pal Davis Michelson here behind the big green leafy microphone of AgriTalk on this Friday, Friday, Friday. Um, we're we're going to stick a fork in the border conversation because we can go around and round <laughs> and round. Uh, however, I will just just throw out this number here. Um, Jim dug this one up for us earlier this week. U.S. Customs and Border Protection officials report there were three hundred two thousand migrant encounters in December, the highest number of illegal crossings ever recorded in a month. Three hundred two thousand just in December alone. Um, as I said, we're going to leave that right there. I promised we would. Uh, the United States enters the new year with record national debt surpassing $34 trillion, marking a grim fiscal milestone. Uh, Chris, Jim, Sean, who wants, who wants to start us on this one? Well, well very go, little, if anything, will be ahead, about it. Like a lot of issues uh, uh, that are pending, like the farm bill, the debt issue is going to be bumped to 2025 after the election, as will the farm bill, although this is a, a growing issue. Uh, but they're just, you know, the, usually the Republicans before Trump always talked about the debt, but uh, Trump didn't. And I don't see any con- uh, any presidential candidate mentioning this uh, <clears throat> in the debates and otherwise. So it's just going to keep increasing. It, it's a message that people do. People just don't want to hear. Yeah. And, and, and Jim, we've been talking about that. Like, it, it seemed like there was a a touch of a period of time, maybe going back like six, nine months, where it seemed like the fiscal hawks were kind of coming out and it was a little bit more potentially a bit more trendy. And it, it's really backed off. Yes. Well, I think, Chris, I think part thought? of that, part mm-hmm. of that, it, yeah, part of it or much of it, we can't talk about the debt without talking about the strong economy and I, I know we've got um, applications for uh, for unemployment down we've got record unemployment um, everything's moving every truck on the planet if you if you if you drive out on the highway every semi on the planet is out there every trailer is stuff is moving so as we increase economic activity certainly we're supporting that debt more but I agree that nobody's going to talk about that unless it absolutely hurts individuals and interest rates are starting to come down. We're not, the government's not, um, 
needing a lot of money so that there's no money for anybody else to borrow. So we got a lot of act, economic activity, and that's going to offset that debt. Yeah, but with, with unemployment kind of holding at what um, the number it did this morning, um, you know, it, it doesn't really, I, I sort of thought right away that, you know, sort of an indication that rates are not going to go down as, as maybe quickly as some people are, are, are thinking. And maybe we won't see some of the, we won't see some of those rate cuts until we see that, see that unemployment number go up more. That, then that, that's not good for yeah, that's- if you're cheering for strong, strong, strong economic activity in, in, in 24. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I, think, and mean, I think you're going back to what the Phillips curve, where where <laughs> yeah, <laughs> where where higher unemployment leads to higher inflation, or I mean, higher employment leads to higher inflation. Um, and the way to and the way to bring inflation down is to get less people working. Uh, I'm not sure that flies anymore. Mm. But we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Well, meanwhile, we've got uh, in 2023 bankruptcies increased by 18 percent. Um, higher interest rates, of course, stricter lending standards, and the gradual reduction of pandemic-related financial assistance. Um, so that the numbers on that, roughly 445,000 bankruptcy filings in 2023 in the U.S. It compares to 378,000 in uh, 2022. This is where we're starting to see it. But uh, Haney, I'm I'm curious. There's been a lot of you know sort of hands thrown up in the air and a lot of concern over the american consumers spending too much credit card debt too much this too much spending yada 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 uh what does it look like for the consumer in canada are you are you are you all in basically the same boat up there or are you handling your, your personal credit issues a little better than we are apparently absolutely not <laughs> the 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 canadian consumer has been much more touched by the interest rate increases. And, and part of the reason for that is that mortgages are much more shorter in nature. We have more, more common is like a five-year mortgage uh, amortized over a longer period of time, but a five-year reset on the rate compared to like in the US where it, it, you know, 30, right? And, and so our jobs numbers this morning, we were up, get ready for it. We were up a hundred net jobs. Everybody was expecting 13,500 according to analysts, but being up all uh, up only a hundred. And I think the unemployment rate was flat at 5.8%. I would say the US economy is, is hopping at a much better clip and a lot more of a positive story than what is happening in, in, in Canada right now. More positive even um, than that. Jim, your thoughts? I just think uh, now that the majority are saying it looks like we're going to have a soft landing, that gets me nervous. I just, mm. I see elements of some of the economic reports begin to showing a cooling uh, down. It's not reflected in the job numbers. That's history. That's December. Mm. So if that's the case, uh the uh, Fed better be on hold before they do anything. Then they'll start chopping later on the second half of the year. So I, I just uh, hope I'm wrong. But for any recession to occur, watch your transportation industry, watch mm-hmm. FedEx, and watch uh, Starbucks. If their sales uh, uh, and profits uh, go down, that's uh, the best forecaster I've seen over the years for a recession. Well, yeah, we, we, I, and, 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 Jim, yeah, we got on. warehouse vacancy rates in the U.S. They've reached yes. the highest point since yeah. the onset of the pandemic, right? Yeah. What are they up by a 5.2% compared to 46 in the previous quarter. So, you know, that's that's not a strong in, in, in indication at, at all. And if, and if we see inflation cool and wage costs go higher, that leads to you, you, you can't 
you, you can't pass on the cost based because inflation's coming down. And, and so that leads to layoffs. And, and so that kind of fits into Jim's concern here about what happens in Q1 and Q2 as as the economy tries to deal with some of uh, the, the current situation. Yep. Um, let, let's move on to some of these tensions in the Middle East here. Um, you know, I was all set with this sort of thing about, you know, there was there was an explosion at some celebrations in Iran, uh, you know, committed by probably actors that definitely don't blow up pipelines underwater. Uh, but then it turns out ISIS takes credit for this. Jim, is this right? ISIS takes yeah. credit for the Iranian bombings. This has nothing yeah, to do that's... with anybody. No, that's it's their crazy. long-term battle. Yeah. That's their long-term huh. battles on this one. Yeah, they t- they took credit for it. And much like, again, the Fed is watching these energy prices and the spot rates for shipping uh, goods. I mean, they're they're up a uh, lot, uh, hugely uh, compared to before the crisis began, uh, mm-hmm. 173%, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, North America's East Coast, they're, they're up 52%. So you better watch this. Mm-hmm. Chris, um, I don't know how how closely you pay attention to the China situation, but uh, I'm pretty sure you watch the news every once in a while at least. Taiwanese Defense Ministry reports four Chinese balloons floating across the self-ruled island ahead of a pivotal election. We got Chinese balloons over Taiwan now, buddy. You, any thoughts? Well, yeah, yeah, and and that's fine, but it's both factual and metaphorical. Mm-hmm. Trial balloons, just to see what'll happen, just to let, just to let. Taiwan know, hey, we're still here. We're still mm-hmm. here. And I don't see anything. I don't see anything other than that. There's there's no way in the world um, under present circumstances that President Xi is going to go into Taiwan. Mm-hmm. The, the whole if if if, if the coal, just take the coalition that we saw um, with Ukraine and Russia between the U.S. and the NATO partners take that times a multiple of of the of the countries that would come to the defense of, of Taiwan mm-hmm. that's metaphorical and actual those balloons let's don't don't get excited about that but yeah. you have to ask the question based on the current situation and I have no idea what they're gonna do but I I do wonder it's kind of a chaotic time you you got what's happening with with Israel you have what's happening with Russia Ukraine wouldn't the timing be like Great, not great, but for from China's perspective, appropriate to to do something like that because the, the U.S. foreign affairs is like going in a thousand different directions here. Well, China yeah. primarily did it what? ahead of Taiwan yeah. elections. That's really the reason they did that. They're sending the signal yeah. to the uh, so-called independence in in Taiwan. That that's it, it was a domestic uh, you know consideration on China and Taiwan relations. This is exactly why that NATO and the U.S. has to continue to stay strong behind Ukraine because Xi is watching what happens in Ukraine, Putin is watching what happens in Ukraine, and hoping for a dissolution of of our partnership with NATO, of our resolve. And that will have, will send a signal to how long Xi can hold out based on if our partnership re- dissolves behind Ukraine and other conflicts. 
So that's why we have to stay strong. We have to continue to support Ukraine financially and get off the ball when it comes to uh, Congress goofing around and using that for a bargaining chip. Boy, it feels like it's getting expensive, though, Chris. It really does. Democracy is expensive. Security is expensive. But the alternative is much more expensive. Yeah. yeah. And to that point, Davis, yes, a lot of money. But remember, a a lot of that money stays in the U.S. from Mm, from a manufacturing of of weapons standpoint. So it's just not a a check being sent over. It's not an e-transfer. Well, and as Big Apple Joe points out here, we, you know, it would... It would help the American consumer get a little buy-in here if we could if we could actually see some positive results or perhaps even just a modicum of accountability for, for where this money is going. Uh, we are fired up. Free for all. AgriTalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. On your favorite radio station or your preferred digital device, AgriTalk is live every weekday. In fact, we are live right now. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Your pal Davis Michelson in here moderating the Friday for Reefroll. Chip will be back this afternoon. Jim Wiesmeyer, Chris Gibbs, and Sean Haney, the Alberta Breeze, joined today. Jim. Uh, you wrote earlier this week, car makers are concerned about the potential negative impact on U.S. electric vehicle sales if the Inflation Reduction Act is scrapped. What? The Inflation Reduction Act scrapped? What is this? Well, that's one. That, this is what CEOs of companies have been asking me for the last six months. If yeah. Trump were were president again, what are some of these things he could do? And Trump has just said he would he would take an axe to a lot of those provisions and mm-hmm. that's you know that's the nervousness right there uh i don't see why more and more people are not and i'm just i'm trying i'm i'm diplomatic here both mm-hmm. both on both sides uh, why the republicans uh non-trump candidates have not focused on his universal tariff is beyond me because if trump were president he's saying there would be at least a 10 percent across the board tariff on mm-hmm. all uh, exporters to this country. If you want a recession, that's the way to do it. And you don't mm. think that'll impact agriculture? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. we're gonna watch those that's, that that's Iowa exactly debate. Right. We're gonna watch that Iowa debate, and we won't hear boo about it. it. Really, Chris Christie's the only one that's really will bring it up. Maybe. Um. I don't know why Nikki Haley's not. Um. She should be. Yes. And you know that that's and, and I think on the IRA when it comes to EVs, that that is looking so that should be a concern. Um, if uh, a reelected 
President Trump does get rid of the IRA, but there's a lot of other pieces of the IRA. Uh, it also impacts things like renewable diesel plant expansion. Uh, there's mm-hmm. a lot of capital being drug into the U.S. market for to like it, it. It is more. It is a jobs bill as much as anything else. And, and so, it, 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 to just scrap it, it better be replaced with something else on, on some of these other elements where it has had a real positive impact. That it, agriculture would would be supporting some of those things outside of just like the EV discussion. Yeah, because if you don't have biodiesel and SAF uh, uh, incentives, okay, that that industry implodes. Hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I I go back to. Um... What Governor DeSantis said on AgriTalk just a few weeks ago, talking about, you know, you get one guy in and he's, okay, well, we're we're going to do all of this via executive order. And then the next guy comes in and flips all of that. And then the next guy comes in and flips all of that. And we don't have a consistent, you know, long-term policy on some of these issues that we absolutely desperately need here. Yeah, that's um, called it, Europe. That's called Europe. Mm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's how Europe goes. Well, yeah, you need to codify. Congress. Too. Yeah, you need to codify. Absolutely. You, and the, the Supreme Court is trying to scream it out. Why are you bringing all these things to us when this is a congressional matter? Mm-hmm. That's what they're saying. And is so is this what has this decodification, might you call it? I mean, is the end result then? People saying things like, well, we're probably not going to get a farm bill in 2024. People saying things like, you know, pass the spending or shut down the border, fund the government or, or you know, shut down the border or whatever. I mean, is is that what this sort of government, did we get the government we deserve, Jim? Is this what we get? You get a 50-50 where you get, don't get anything done. We, yeah. we need a true minority party uh, yeah. that that can't throw, throw darts at, at progress. So one of the political parties are going to make a major mistake or several mistakes. And it, it's not a question of if it's when, and that's when you'll start to see the pull away of either political party uh, as a true minority party. And uh, you know, you know, you know, get this country going again. So mm-hmm. Jim, do you think, me, that, me, do you think that Joe Lieberman will, they'll, he will be able to organize a no labels candidate for for this election i'll tell you what's got them both trump and biden afraid is uh if mansion were to run in that party because more than a few independents and uh uh and on and on the democrat and republican side would probably vote for for that party if that were the case yeah i heard i heard lieberman on the radio yesterday and he he said that this election may be more so than ever a no labels candidate could even potentially th- th- if there's a if there's an election to run a no labels candidate it is this one cuz yeah. both 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 sides appear to be picking a candidate that has very low popularity people you know, would like other choices and and we'll see if no labels can get organized on that agree now everybody says you know points out that trump is ahead in the poll he ought to be way ahead i mean look at nikki haley versus biden she's up 15 percentage points or more where trump is what three or four percentage points that's margin of error so yeah. that shows you weakness in his yeah. candidacy right there you talked about what what's going to be the you talk about what's going to be the result of a dysfunctional Congress. I, yeah. I think it's much worse than that because from a voter's perspective, we talked about uh, war in the Middle East. We talked about China. We talked about all of these perils that people yep. see on border. the news every day. And yep. w- border, by the way. And yep. what that does to the voter is that they end up looking for a strong man. 
they end up looking for somebody that has and tells them simple solutions to problems. I'll fix this. I'll do that. I'll do this. Day one, did a dictator, yeah. yada, yada, yada. So what happens, this is, the, this is the result of a dysfunctional Congress, is that the voter will drift to a strong man, and that leads directly, I hate to get too far into the weeds here, but that leads directly to an autocratic administration mm. where the strong man gets voted in and just starts doing executive orders, bam, 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 I'll fix this, I'll fix that, I'll fix that. The American voter need to be very, very aware and cautious of that. Mm. Mm. It's going to take a unique kind of leader. Chris, um, I'm going to give you, uh, I'm going to start with you. Thank you so much for uh, spending some time with us. We're going to run out of time here uh, if we're not super careful here. Can you um, just give us something that you're you're hopeful about in 2024? Anything at all? Absolutely. I'll tell you what, and thanks for, thanks for the opening up. My yeah. uh, glyphosate costs, my chemical costs were down 55% this year hey. for 24. I just bought them last week and the week before. 28 was down 48%, 28% nitrogen. Ammonium sulfate was down 30%. Rock and roll, I'm ready to plant corn. Outstanding, <laughs> sir. Chris Gibbs has been with us. Sean Haney, the Alberta Breeze, we appreciate your time this morning, sir. Have a great day. Yeah, everybody have their, themselves a great weekend. And Jim Weissmeyer, of course, Pro Farmer Policy OG. We appreciate you, buddy. Thanks for your time this morning. See American Soybean Association growers in Florida next week. Ooh, ASA in Florida. I am your pal, Davis Michelson. So happy to be in here for Chip. He will be back this afternoon where he will have a very exciting conversation. You're not going to want to miss it. Agritalk.